Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. I'm Jill, and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction, and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about non-alcoholic drinks. Some people love them and some people think they ruin your sobriety. 
In this episode, I'll explain why non-alcoholic drinks can be so triggering and how they activate the reward center. You'll learn if it's safe to consume drinks with a tiny bit of alcohol in them, why you might get a fake buzz from non-alcoholic options, and how drinks that mimic the real thing can lead someone down the path to relapse or that they could just be a great tool for someone else's recovery. So let's dig in. When I was newly sober, I wanted to replace my wine drinking with non-alcoholic wine drinking. I wanted to see if I could find something that tasted similar but didn't make me hate myself or get drunk. I'm someone who genuinely enjoyed the taste of alcohol, even the hard stuff, so that's why non-alcoholic drinks were so appealing to me. When I was drinking, I wished for a wine that was like 5% so I could just drink all night and not get drunk. That's seriously what I wanted. I didn't like the drunk part. Problem was, I tried buying the weakest wine that I could find for one of my many moderation strategies, and I'd just end up chugging it. Most non-alcoholic wines are sugar bombs, so those didn't trigger me, but the very first time that I had one that was somewhat dry, I instantly felt guilty. I felt like I had done something wrong, and I kept asking my husband if I ruined my sobriety. After that experience, I didn't feel nearly as triggered when I tried an alcohol-free wine again, but I reserve them for special occasions now. The reason that I had this experience is because I associated getting drunk with being a bad person. We form associations in our mind with alcohol and they're really powerful cues. The strongest association that I made was that getting drunk meant that you are a bad person and a loser. When I was a kid, I believed that addiction was a choice and something that happened to weak-willed losers who weren't strong enough to deal with their lives. So when I started drinking and got drunk, I was faced with the idea that I must be a bad person for doing that. I didn't expect to feel anything from alcohol. I just thought that it was a nice grown-up drink that meant that you were classy. I thought as long as you could control yourself, then you'd feel nothing. And this association between getting drunk and being a bad person would go on to become suicidal thoughts and self-hatred for me during my drinking because I never had any control over myself or the ability to choose to stop once I started. So when I had a glass of alcohol-free wine and felt a little flutter in my head, guilt was my mind's natural response to that. I didn't feel a flutter because I was chugging it or because it had alcohol in it. It's because of another association I have in my head that wine means getting buzzed. And the mind is super powerful. It can create things out of nothing. I mean, look at people with health anxiety. I think that's a perfect example. People with health anxiety can have so much anxiety and worry about some specific health issue that they actually create it. They can create physical pain that's not real. So why can't we create a fake buzz when we haven't consumed any alcohol? So if you get a fake buzz from drinking alcohol-free drinks, then I know that can be really freaky and it might make you feel like you've done something wrong, but it's almost impossible to get a buzz off alcohol-free drinks. There are drinks that are 0.0% alcohol, but anything that's 0.5% or less is also considered non-alcoholic drink. Some people will say that it does contain alcohol, so if you drink it, you're not sober, but it's basically impossible to get a buzz off 0.5% drinks. A standard beer has 5% alcohol, so a non-alcoholic beer has 10 times less alcohol. Think about how many beers it takes for you to get a buzz. 
Now multiply that number by 10. Could you drink that many beers in an hour or two? And also remember back from episode 31 where we talked about why humans are even able to metabolize alcohol. So go listen to that after this episode if you missed it. But the liver has the ability to process one standard drink per hour without alcohol getting into your bloodstream. This means that you can have 10 0.5% beers per hour. And that's a ton of beers. And besides that, Regular foods that we consume every day, like bananas, have trace amounts of alcohol in them. And bananas do not ruin your sobriety. So we get this buzzed or triggered feeling, not because we're actually consuming alcohol, but because our mind is so powerful that it associates the bottle, the popping of a cork, the popping of a bottle cap, the cracking of a can, the way the can looks, the smell, the taste, the color, with alcohol and the way that it feels. I even caught a fake buzz from a can of Diet Coke or a bottle of Topo Chico. And neither of those have any alcohol in them or are trying to mimic alcohol in any way. But cracking open the can of Coke and the bubbles probably activated the addiction part of my brain. Similarly with the Topo Chico, it's just flavorless sparkling water, but I had to pop off a bottle cap and I drank it out of the bottle. Two things that I associate with drinking alcohol. I was never a soda drinker or a sparkling water drinker either, so that's another thing to consider here. I'm not doing anything bad for having a can of Diet Coke, but now I choose not to drink those things because I don't like that fake buzz feeling. It makes me feel really bad about myself and uncomfortable. And the first time this ever happened, too, was in a meeting with my boss, and I felt really weird having a fake buzz from a Diet Coke in front of my boss. So it doesn't just have to be a non-alcoholic beer, wine, or spirit that is making you feel triggered. It can even be a fancy bottle of water. So in episode 61, we talked about how cue memories are triggered in sobriety. Our medial prefrontal cortex selects the correct emotional and motor response to a situation using information from past experiences. So when we're in a situation where something reminds us of alcohol, our medial prefrontal cortex is going to compare it to situations where we did consume alcohol. So this can result in you having a fake buzz, feeling guilty, or setting off seeking behavior to go find real alcohol. So why do some people assert that drinking a non-alcoholic beer will cause you to relapse? So we've already discussed the small amount of alcohol in some non-alcoholic beers, and this amount is negligible. Your brain will likely respond to a 0.0% beer in the same way that it will respond to a 0.5% beer. The issue, though, is some people try to just swap out beer for non-alcoholic beer and maintain the same lifestyle by going to the same bars, hanging out with the same drinking buddies, and sitting around doing nothing at home but drinking non-alcoholic beer and watching TV. And maybe even in the beginning of this episode, where I talked about getting a fake buzz from non-alcoholic beer, had you getting excited that now you want to drink more of it. So your intention matters. Our lifestyle has to change in sobriety. We built our entire lives around drinking alcohol, and we can't do the same thing for non-alcoholic beer. If you continue to maintain your drinking lifestyle in sobriety, then you will be constantly triggered and eventually that can lead to drinking again. Because even though non-alcoholic drinks help, they don't do the same thing for you that alcohol does. 
Studies have found that when sober people are exposed to alcohol without drinking it, they begin to salivate in anticipation. We've talked about anticipation before several times, most recently in episode 62, where we talked about how the brain stores cue memories. Anticipation is really important, and someone who is a take-it-or-leave-it drinker will not salivate when they are exposed to alcohol, and that difference is really important. A 2004 study published in Nature by Myrick and colleagues looked at brain activation for problem drinkers and social drinkers using MRI. They found that when presented with a cue, the problem drinkers had significant brain activation and the social drinkers did not. The areas of the brain that were activated were parts of the reward system that control motivation, converting feelings into action, and seeking behaviors. And the way that they cued everyone was by showing them either a picture of an alcoholic beverage or a picture of a cup of coffee. And just a picture of alcohol is enough to get our reward system to start becoming activated and anticipate the reward that alcohol will bring. And this anticipation is what leads to salivating and cravings for the real thing. Non-alcoholic beer, wine, and spirits look and smell very similar to the real thing which is why they can be insanely triggering for some people and either set off seeking behaviors, cravings, or produce an artificial buzz. One study from 2013 published in Nature Neuroscience by Barrick and colleagues got rats addicted to alcohol during a seven-week time period. Then they forced them into abstinence for 10 days and cued them by the smell of alcohol and a small taste. The researchers found that this activated a pathway in the amygdala that is linked to emotional reactions, memory processing, and withdrawal from alcohol. Once they activated the cue memory in the rat's brains, they began seeking out alcohol again within the next couple days. So the rats had been trained that pushing a lever would result in them getting alcohol. So they started obsessively pushing the lever again after being cued. And that's what the researchers determined was a relapse. So this is why some people avoid non-alcoholic drinks like the plague and never even consider trying them. So the degree of reward center activation is also going to depend on the severity of your problem with alcohol too. And since alcohol use exists on a spectrum, some people can drink non-alcoholic drinks just fine without going back to drinking. There are also products containing things like adaptogens that are designed to give you a buzz or a relaxing effect without the alcohol. So you should find whatever works for you. I think if you're someone who stopped drinking for the health benefits or because you are tired of hangovers then maybe a drink with these ingredients could be a good fit for your new lifestyle. But if instead you stop drinking because you didn't want to die, ruin your life, or you've struggled with relapse before, then I would recommend staying away from these drinks. And if you're curious, start first with the regular non-alcoholic drinks that don't have these ingredients and see how you feel about it. Overall, do whatever is best for you. If you don't want to drink non-alcoholic stuff, then that's great. And don't pass any judgment on people who do. If you do want to drink non-alcoholic stuff, then go live your best life. And when you post in Facebook groups, just be mindful that pictures of alcohol can be triggering for others and non-alcoholic drinks look just like alcohol. So some people who are sober genuinely enjoyed the taste of alcohol and I was one of those people. So non-alcoholic options are a good tool 
if they do not trigger you. So alcohol-free drinks will not ruin your sobriety, but just be careful to check the labels or have a friend taste test your mocktail. I always worry that I'll be given a real beer or a real cocktail instead of a mocktail. So just be vigilant if you are trying these outside of your home. So if you're wanting to try an alcohol-free drink, then I think the best place to start is with a mocktail because it's just a nice, delicious tasting drink. It doesn't have to be the mocktail version of a specific cocktail. It can just be like a nice, fancy drink. If you try it and you feel uncomfortable, then don't push it. And if you're in early sobriety and feel comfortable, then non-alcoholic drinks can be a great tool for your sobriety. I love them when I'm socializing. It makes me feel more relaxed and confident that I have something that won't raise any questions. I feel part of the group standing there with a mocktail. And this could even be a soda water with a lime and a nice glass. It doesn't have to be a mocktail. And if you don't want to be public about your sobriety, then this is a good way to socialize without worrying about being questioned. So think it over, do whatever is best for you and your sobriety. And if you feel triggered, don't push it. Just remember, not everyone has the same exact experience as you do, so we should all be respectful of other people's choices. If you enjoy this podcast, it would help so much if you would leave a five-star rating and a review. It helps get the podcast in front of more people. Alternatively, you could also share it with your friends or share it in a Facebook group. And I appreciate you so much, and I'll talk to you next week. Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how-to for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.